In today's episode, we have Marcio Santos with us, and he is going to talk about how you can use SEO strategies to create an organic source of revenue. You will also get to hear the methods he uses to rank higher in Google search, how a journey page can lead a customer into a sequential order of events, and the three items every piece of content must have to gain followers and make an impact. And now, on with the show. Welcome to the Online Course Igniter podcast, where you'll hear from successful course creators and how they were able to turn their passion into a thriving online business empire. Hey, everyone. Thank you for checking out the podcast today. We have Marcio Santos from Nerd Digital, who is going to give us some uh, strategies and tips and advice on how we can do a really good course launch and how we can leverage organic marketing strategies to uh, get people into our course. And I'm really excited to have you on the show today. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me, Jeremy. Yeah, it's definitely my pleasure. I'm glad you uh, reached out and I was uh, looking at your information and I'm really excited for today's episode because I know that um, one of the main things that people struggle with is how do we get people into our course, to buy our course, to see our course, and then execute on taking that course. And so I think this is going to be a great episode. And I always like to start at the very beginning and hear kind of you know where you come from, what you were doing before you got into online business and online courses. So if you would just kind of give us a couple minutes of your backstory and uh, yeah, how did you get into this world? Yeah, Jeremy. So again, thank you for, for having me on the show. I started off, um, you know, my online marketing journey doing graphic and web design back in the day. Uh, I started, you know, real basic stuff, splicing, slicing images for the web. Uh, and from there, I, I kind of just kept on moving up. I was just always so curious about uh, about designing websites, and and I worked on a, a bunch of things like that. And eventually, I I, I bought a uh, an online gaming uh, league, and so I built that up as well. And eventually, I, I worked for some agencies, worked with brands like BMW, uh, Kettle and Fire is one of my clients today. And just recently, last year, I started working with a course creator. And um, he was, became one of my clients. He approached me for SEO. That's sort of what I'm, what I'm known for. And I really enjoyed serving him and was able to really transform his business and help him. And so that's what I'm looking forward to sharing today. Okay, yeah, that sounds great. So uh, how, how did you, you said you had someone who was creating an online course and then you um, helped them out with SEO. So what did that look like? Did they already have an audience or they didn't have an audience and they had a course? What, what was kind of the arrangement there? So at the time, Kay from Rad Reads, he already had a course and they had already done a few launches before. He already had an audience as well. And so from an audience perspective, he, was, he had about 20,000 subscribers or so. And in terms of his course, he had already done a five-figure launch. But um, he was curious whether or not he can get some more juice out of SEO for him. So he blogs a lot. And, you know, he, he, I guess he inquired using some tools and he saw uh, like a site audit tool from, from Ahrefs uh, pull up uh, some information about his website and he wasn't too sure whether or not he could fix it and how to go about that. So he, he started digging, reached out to his network, his network found me, and then that's how we did our first engagement was just 
doing a, a basic site audit and, and fixing a few things up. And then from there, we just kept working together. So for anyone who's listening that might be kind of uh, new to online courses or kind of new to online business and, and marketing, can you just go ahead and take a moment to describe what is SEO and, and how that helps someone who has an online course? Certainly. So SEO stands for search engine optimization. And search engine optimization really is a set of techniques that you can use to optimize your content and optimize the, the way your site is structured so that Google, the search engine, will send you more free traffic. In a nutshell, that's what it is and that's the purpose of it. Okay, so this strategy is is leveraging on Google search. So when someone types in um, how to bake a cake, you'll have a better chance of appearing in those search results. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. You'll have a better chance of appearing higher in the search results. It's you, 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 You'll probably appear somewhere. You know, Google has a, a bot and the bot crawls everything that's out there. Um, so you're, you, you probably appear somewhere. It's getting to the first page because... There's even a joke between SEOs that you know the best place to to hide a dead body is on page two of Google search results. Right? <laughs> nobody nobody goes there. Right. Okay. So so the key is really getting onto the first page of Google. Now, why is that strategy uh, important in in your eyes versus leveraging maybe some other type of strategies out there? Why do you focus on Google and the SEO? Good question. So. When it comes down to SEO and why you would want to focus on this, it's really creating an organic source of revenue. Um, oftentimes, when you speak to an SEO or you engage in SEO, you might start a conversation around just traffic. So you want more traffic to your website, organic traffic, organic traffic, but really what you should be thinking about is organic revenue. And it's important for you to... To be a little bit agnostic, I am a specialist in SEO, and so it's easy for me to say, you know, invest all your money and effort into SEO. But after working with this for over over five years now, I've learned to appreciate mixing your strategies together and, and making sure that things work well together. So not just focusing on SEO, but having an understanding how SEO plays into your marketing strategy online. Okay. And when you're doing the SEO to get this organic revenue, uh, as you as you called it, um, is the SEO for the course itself or is it for the website? Because I've heard the term used before whenever we're talking about creating content. So if you had a blog, you might be optimizing that blog to get those blog articles to rank. Are you talking about that or are you talking about uh, just the website in general, or if someone just had a course landing page that it could rank. Good question. So the way I would I would you know uh, advise someone that's listening to this that has a course is I would think about it in terms of um, opportunity. And when you think about your the topic that you're a specialist in, so if let's say for example you're a specialist in in work productivity. It makes sense that you would want to appear in in searches related to work productivity. Now, in order for you to do that, you have to put together a strategy that that can help you do that, right? So, you you want to think about um, if you do have a website and you do, and you do have a blog, 
Are you writing content and are you creating content that targets searches for work productivity? And then if you have a landing page, sure, do you, is that landing page going to rank? But you know, th- those two things alone don't often work. Uh, one strategy that works super well, and this is one thing that we pulled off for, for Rad Reads, is to put together, let's, let's call, we call it a, a journey page. And essentially, a journey page is a step up from a hub page. Do you, are you familiar with the, the term hub page, Jeremy? Kind of like a, like a central page that sends people off into different directions based on their needs. Correct. And the, and the one nuance I would, I would add there is that it's always based around one specific topic. So okay. it's not one, spe- one specific keyword, but a specific topic. And this has become more and more important and more and more effective of a strategy with you know, all of the different Google updates. And the reason why is that um, you know, back in the day, people would try to super optimize their content for just keywords. And so you would have pages that were created for, let's say, work productivity for people that use a Mac. And then you'd have you know, the very same, essentially the same content, but for a different title that would say, you know, work productivity for tips that somebody that uses Mac in California or work productivity for tips that for somebody that uses Mac at night. So it's the content is probably the same, but they're just trying to, you know, over optimize for a term that they, a keyword that they found. Right. And so Google's uh, bot and Google's algorithm became, you know, evolved. Um, and now it, it, what it does is it tries to find the most relevant search result for w- what you're searching for. And so, you know, to make a long story short, short, focusing on a topic is more effective than focusing on one narrow term. And so when it comes back to work productivity as an example, if you're a course creator and you want to own that term, a journey page can really help you with that. Okay. And how is a journey page laid out? What's the structure and what is a journey page doing differently than, say, just a regular web page? Yeah. So uh, a hub page is, a journey page is laid out in, in sequential order. That's, that's the biggest, the biggest um, difference. And the, the way to contrast this is to think about a category page on, a, on your blog. So if you have a WordPress site, or if you've been to any WordPress sites, you know that there are category pages. And so usually you visit a category page and there are a bunch of blog posts, just but they're just in, in no real order. Maybe they order by date, maybe they're ordered by featured. But the difference for the journey page is that you have really like these visual guideposts of what is beginner level, for example, what is intermediate level, what is advanced, or just what is the order that you should consume the content in. And so the layout reflects that. So you have, let's say, basic content at the top, intermediate content in the middle, and then more advanced content at the bottom. Okay, and these these are just um, links that are directing people to other content that's already on the blog. Correct, yeah. So you can have um, links to your own content. You can even have links to other people's content or to videos that you have on YouTube. Really, the, the whole idea is to make a page that's so comprehensive and so useful that anybody that really wants to learn more and wants to use that page as reference for the future in terms of, again, using the example work productivity, they're going to bookmark that page, they're going to remember it, they're going to talk about it, they're going to come back to it time and time, time over time, and maybe they'll even link to it, which is, in, in SEO world, the holy grail of, of improving your ranking. 
Okay, that's what I was going to ask, and I believe you answered that, but let's just break that down a little more. So the journey page is is, is uh, kind of like a, a database in a sequential order to give people content the way that they sh- should consume it so that it makes sense instead of just having 100 blog posts on a website and you don't know what to pick, right? <laughs> so uh, right. I understand how that helps the end user, but how does that help um, Google and you being able to get searched on Google and the SEO practices? How, how is that actually helping that side of things? Good, good question. So the way the Google alg- algorithm works is it rewards certain what we call signals. And one important signal that became more relevant over the past few years are user signals in terms of their usability on the page. So let's think about work productivity. So somebody types in work productivity and there are a bunch of results, right? So on the first page, let's just say there are 10 results there. If somebody clicks on the second result and they they visit the page, but then they click back instantly and then they click on the third result. And now when they visit the third result, they stay on the page a a bit longer. They maybe click to a few pages. What Google will do is it will learn from that and say, look, um, I showed them the results in spot number two and they weren't happy with it. And I showed them the results in spot number three, and it looked like they were happy because they didn't return. They'll use those signals to, to outrank number three to number two, right? So the next time around, let's say hypothetically, they would say, okay, let me show the result number three higher because that'll probably, that's probably the best search result for this term for work productivity. And so that's essentially how the algorithm continues, continuously optimizes itself to show the best results. So... Breaking your content is important. You know, doing your keyword research and making sure you're optimizing your content is important. But today, you have to go way beyond that. You have to make sure that your content is is laid out well, is is useful, grabs people's attention. And so, you have to essentially start off with the premise that people are completely scatterbrained. People are overwhelmed while they're visiting your website. They probably have their cell phone in one hand. They have a a, a tablet in the other. They have you know, a set of headphones on. They have kids screaming in, in the background. They have, I mean, there's a ton of things going on. And so your page has to hold them by the hand. Uh, and if they're a beginner in the topic, you want to make sure that you're showing them beginner level stuff. If they're an advanced user, then you want to make sure that you're showing them advanced stuff in their journey. Okay, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So... Let's go to the the beginning phases of anyone who's listening to this podcast. So on this podcast, we will have some people who um, haven't created a course and are just starting out, and then we'll have others that are more advanced, and we'll go step by step. But thinking about someone who's listening to this particular podcast right now, and they have just created their course, or they don't have a course and they're getting started, um, what would you recommend someone do? Um, to implement these organic strategies, um, and say say they're just kind of starting with nothing. What what would be some of the first steps that you would recommend to someone who is just starting out? Good question. I think the the very very first thing you want to do if you're just starting out is to conduct some a little bit of user research. And what this entails is is getting into the shoes of your consumer to understand. What it is they're 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 looking for and how your solution can help them. Um, by doing that, you will better understand you know how your solution can stand out, because 
Nowadays, creating a course is not the issue. It's standing out. It's the issue. So if for somebody starting out, that's, that's where I would definitely start. Okay. So going out and doing some, some research and finding out what kind of information that, that you can provide. But let's say that we, we have that information. We kind of know the road we want to go down, the content we want to create. Um, how, how do we create content that uses the proper SEO strategies versus um, just you know putting random content on a site and just hoping that it's going to rank? Awesome question. So now that you've done your, re- your user research and you have an understanding of like the key moments that what that buyer journey looks like, let's say, so the first idea that they had in their head when, before they you know, even bought your course, or if, if you can track that, let's say somebody's going to buy, a, again, using the same example, work productivity, a course on how to be more productive at work. What is that first moment like, right? So maybe they, set, they, they, they need to read a blog post about uh, the importance of being more product productive or things that are keeping you from being productive so is that a blog post right so think about a blog post at that level and then go a little bit uh, one step deeper and think about um after they read that blog post well, what is something that they they're going to do to improve their productivity are they going to um, use a worksheet are they going to use a checklist or are they going to use a timer and then take it one step further it's like well what's the next step after that is is that's probably going to be buying your course so i would you know, for each of those steps, if we call them top of the funnel, middle of the funnel, and bottom of the funnel, I would create content or at least create an idea of what type of content you would have to create at each stage. And the funnel really has to map to the buyer journey. And after that, what you want to do is, is start creating your, your journey page. So you can head over to nerddigital.com. And there's a guide on there on how to get started. Because really what in, inevitably what will happen is as you create your journey page, you will start to think through what type of content is basic, what type of content is intermediate, what is more advanced, so that you have the right content for, for your user to convince them and show them that you should be trusted and, and that you're helpful. And probably buying a course from you would be a good idea so that they can get more in-depth information. Okay, cool. That makes a lot of sense. So. One question that I have, and I know some other people will ask this because I get this question all the time, is how do you decipher what content you should be putting on, say, your blog or on your journey page versus what would be in the course? So let's let's use your example. I have a course on work productivity, and it goes through all my steps and phases of how I would uh, do work work productivity and, and teaching that. And now I want to create organic content, maybe have a blog and, and put some content on there. And I want to create content for this stage of the funnel. Um, how do you tell what to create on your blog versus what you would create, say, uh, that's already in your course? Yeah, that's a very tough question. That's a that's that that really depends. But I'll I'll give you an answer. One thing that that I've just started doing with this this new um, this new offer, right? So working with course creators specifically is I've taken the approach of thinking conceptually and not tactically. And so that, that might just sound like a bunch of nonsense, but um, after doing SEO for so many years, I, I, um, I noticed that a lot of the times when I was essentially just writing content about SEO keywords and rankings and backlinks, for example, or having those conversations, I ended up just having these technical conversations, right? And I think for, for me now, what I'm really learning is that 
to, to sell strategy and to get that because that's what, what I sell, I really have to speak about strategies. And so, you know, I've, I've made a shift now where I essentially only write about strategies and not you know, technical things. And so that is, is one approach, I think, as a course creator that you, can, you definitely want to use is think about the concepts and the frameworks and the, the, uh, the, the bigger ideas that your course solves. So in terms of productivity, what, are, what is like a, a productivity framework that you can either design or adapt that already exists? Um, and, and the framework is simply a way for you to think through. So you could, uh, an easy way to, 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 to do this is to take an idea and draw it. If you can turn it into a drawing, you're halfway there to turning it into a concept. Because you then explain the drawing and not just the technicalities of it, right? And so the concept should be something that is, is somewhat abstract, but it applies to your, to your problem. So to give you a, a more clear example in terms of productivity, there's the Eisenhower matrix, right? And so the Eisenhower matrix, I'm going to actually pull this up on my screen so I don't say something silly. <laughs> Right. So the Eisenhower matrix has been for around for, for quite a long time. And essentially what it is, it's um it's a double for, yeah, it's a double-sided matrix. And so you have you know urgent or not urgent on the top, and then you have important and not important on the left hand side. And so in that matrix you want to decide, you know, do I do this first or do I schedule this? Do I delegate or do I avoid this? So you could write this from a technical perspective and go down to the nitty-gritty fine, finer details of all the tasks and how do you make decisions. Or you can come up with a concept like this matrix and to, to help you make those decisions. When you do this, this completely changes the conversation because people will view you as an expert. As soon as you come up with some kind of concept or some kind of framework, people will say, wow, how did you come up with that framework? Or how did you come up with this idea? This is like a unique IP. Um, and, and doing that is very effective, especially for course creators. So that's something that, you know, we've done very effectively with, with Brad Reads. Yeah, that's great. I, I love that. I uh, started implementing um, the same information um, by wa uh, watching Russell Brunson do the same thing. So when I started creating courses, it was a lot of technical, how to use Photoshop, you know, uh, really diving deep. And now, now the stuff that I teach is with a whiteboard and it's the same concept that you're talking about. If you could draw out the overall strategy and explain that, uh, people just seem to get that so much better. Are you struggling to create your first online course? Do you have an idea for a course topic, but don't know how to get started? It can be hard trying to figure out everything that goes into course creation. How do you outline your course? How do you set up the technology to create the content? How do you publish it so that you can begin helping others and making money immediately? We know it can be difficult for first-time course creators. That is why we have designed the Start Your First Course Challenge. Our goal is to help you get that online course published within a couple of weeks. That means that you can get your digital product to market without wasting a bunch of time. We will show you how with the easiest methods possible that we have learned and crafted over the years. You'll learn how to choose a topic, outline your course, script what you want to say, and then record the material. After that, you'll discover how to set up the platform and publish it, all with a simple system that's guaranteed to get you results fast. 
Beat your procrastination by taking action today. Go to startyourfirstcourse.com now to sign up. That's startyourfirstcourse.com. See you in the challenge. Cool. So, um, so we have we have our strategy. We want to create content um, for our website, and in the the content is really just helping drive traffic to the course. Correct. Correct. So it does it does usually three things, right? So the the content it drives the traffic to your website, but once people land on your website, it helps to build trust with them too. So it helps educate them, and what it should also do is help to monetize that traffic. So uh, you, you always want to keep those three things in mind whenever you're creating content. So you want to attract, you want to teach, and then you want to monetize the traffic that's coming in. Okay, let's um, let's go through each one of those. Actually, I think it'll be great. So when we're talking about, let's say, the first one, the attracting phase, um, of course, we go back to SEO, that we need to use SEO to uh, get that content to rank on Google. But someone might still be kind of confused out there on how that actually works. So how, how are you actually using SEO to attract um, customers through your content? What does that look like? What is, what is Google looking for? What are the things that you can tell us that we can implement on our own blogs, our own websites that will help get us to rank and attract those customers? Okay, good question. The, fir- the first thing I would do is um, I would look at um, related blogs to figure out what is it that other blogs are writing about that are of interest. So I would start my topic research there after I do my user research. And so, again, if we go back to the productivity uh, course idea, so if you're a productivity course creator, I would go to other productivity blogs. That's that's where I would start. And then I'd go to the top ones and look at what are the most recent topics that they're writing about. Is it about using an Apple Watch? Is it about using wearables? Is it about AI? What is the, what are the topics that they're writing about? And I would use that as my source of research. Uh, let's say as, as my seed words, and then from there I would go a little bit deeper and I say, okay, what what specific angle can I put on this content? Because if you just simply write about wearables or productivity, that's too broad. You probably have to you know give it give it a little bit more more specificity. And so that's what I would do. I'd go one layer deeper and I would try to then break that topic down into, let's say, seven to ten helpful tips. So this is, is a, an easy way to create your first blog post, is let's say you figure out, I, actually, I could do this live with you. So if I go to Google right now and I type in a productivity blog, blogs, we'll see a bunch of results. And the, type, the top one here is lifehack.org. So I would go to lifehack.org, and I'm looking through 12 productivity blogs smart people read so just right here these are productivity experts so that's a that's an angle right there productivity experts and of these productivity experts what i would do is i then go to their websites and see if those those people have a specific angle and then i would explore that so you really have to find an angle because if you just write about something broad you're never going to be found like it's it's just never going to stand out the next step in that process is writing your content, right? So you're going to develop your content. So let's say you found a solution on this, this productivity angle. You break it down into, let's say, 11 steps. And then once you've, now that you've done your research and you know the blogs that are writing about it, these experts, you reach out to them and say, hey, look, 
I, I saw that you're writing about this topic. Um, I think your topic is, is great. And I added, you know, just a twist to it, which I think is relevant for your audience. If you want to check it out, here's a link. And by doing that, I mean, there are, you know, nuances and levels to the game. But by doing this, what you'll do is you'll build more, more traffic, you'll get more awareness, and eventually you'll build backlinks back to this content. So by doing all of those things that I just said, that's essentially like what an SEO professional does on a daily basis. They research topics, then they validate, is there search volume inside a, a keyword tool like Ahrefs, right? So they'll put the topic in there, and they'll see, okay, is there search volume? Is it very difficult to rank for this? Then they'll transform that into a blog post, then they'll promote it, and then after they might optimize it. So then after, that's maybe like step number four or six in the process, to go in and say, okay, what other keyword, can I maybe add some more keywords in here that are, that are relevant? Can I use some tools to help me optimize this better? Do I have my title tags in order? Is the page optimized for speed? Do I have, is the layout really easy to, for people to, to browse through? Do I have images? Are my headlines compelling and interesting? So those are you know, some boilerplate type of tips that, you know, everyone should should be implementing today. Okay, awesome. So I kind of like this strategy. So you're going out, you're finding um, relevant uh, articles and information that's already talking about your topic. You're putting a twist on it, and then you're reaching back out to the people who posted those and a- asking them to basically add yours in, which you said creates a backlink. So can you just briefly describe what is a backlink and why it's important? So a backlink basically is someone placing a link on their website. So on their blog or on their homepage, on their landing page, anywhere from their website, pointing to your website. That is what we call a backlink. And in terms of, again, inside the SEO world, what this shows Google or what we believe that this shows Google and and the algorithm is that someone out there gave you a vote of confidence. Someone trusts you enough, trusts your content enough to link to it. So they're, they're saying, hey, I, I'm writing about this topic. I found this resource, and here I'm placing a link, link to it, so go and check it out. Or you know, I found this resource, and I, or I got my numbers from this source. You, know, you can go and check out my numbers. So getting a, that's essentially a backlink. And as you can tell, it, it also follows, follows a, a very similar social dynamic that we use in, in society. If somebody says, you know, gives you a referral, you're going to trust that referral a lot more. And so the backlink kind of works like that for the algorithm too. If a lot of people say that a source, a resource is good, then it probably is. Okay, cool. Perfect. So that is the method of uh, attracting, getting people to check out your content, come into your world. You have these backlinks coming in where people are referring you and saying, hey, this is a great website. You should go check it out. Google sees that and they say, "Um, well, we trust this website. And it moves you up in the search rankings. And then the second phase that you had in here was to make sure that your content um, teaches and builds trust. So how would you recommend someone do that? What, what, what do you mean by um, the content needs to build trust? Yeah, good question. So when it, when it comes to, to building trust, that is, is based on uh, a psychological trigger. Of different psychological triggers that when activated, people will instantly trust you more. And, and one way to do that is, um, I guess, with your content is, is by making it look more authoritative. And an easy way to do that is just to make it longer. The moment your, your content is longer, 
usually what happens is, or you know, what, what some research was done on this, content that appears to be longer instantly triggers this idea that, hey, this, this is something well-researched, this is something well-written, and the person that put this together knows what they're talking about. So length in itself can create this, this sense of awe, and that can help you build trust. So that's, that's one easy way that, that um, you can you know, build trust and authority inside your, your marketplace or in the topic that you want to own uh, to help you sell your course. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. And it seems like it would connect very well back to the first step, which if you have longer, more in-depth content, it seems like people would be more willing to um, put your link on their blogs and, and use you as a resource. Correct. Okay, cool. And then the the final step here was to uh, monetize the content. And this is probably the one that people are really interested in. We have people coming into our content. We have good, well-written, thought-out content that's building that authority, building that trust. Now, how do we monetize the content? And in terms of course creators, how can we make that leap from someone reading your blog post to purchasing your course? Yeah, that's a great question. So Right here, I would go back to the, the first part of the conversation when we, when we talked about the buyer journey. You want to go back to the buyer journey and map the content to, or, or just map the conversations that you want to have with somebody, right? So if they're a beginner, what is the first conversation, the second conversation, third and fourth conversation, so that they eventually buy? Let's say this is the, the first conversation they read a blog post. Maybe the second conversation is, well, hey, you read this blog post. Why don't you download this resource? Or why don't you take this quiz? Or why don't you use this template? to help you figure out where you are in your journey. And so, for example, we have a quiz on our website, nerddigital.com. You can visit the website, and there's a, a course launch quiz. And the quiz really is designed to help you, as a course creator, figure out how ready are you to, uh, ready to launch. Right? So are you super ready, or are you not ready at all? Um, and quizzes have been known to, to do really well in terms of uh, converting visitors into leads. And part of monetizing is, is um, converting them, right? So we have to put a name to a face or we have to put an email to, to an IP, uh, to a visitor. And so that big part of you know, making money or selling your course is transforming as many visitors as you can into leads. And then having more conversations, usually through email, uh, to help sell your course. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. What um software are you using for the quizzes? Oh, I use this, you know, sometimes I use Typeform. I really love okay. Typeform as a tool, but um, I, I recently used this WordPress WordPress plugin, which I can't even remember the name, just to tell you how good their branding is, but I, I can't <laughs> remember their name. It was, it, was, it was terrible to use, so I'll probably retire okay. them soon. <laughs> okay, so you're you're you have a quiz on the site. The quiz will help people make a decision based on who they are or what where they need to go in their journey, and that's capturing the leads. Um, and then what's the what's the next step? Is you capture the leads and then you offer the course? Right. So in in my case, I don't have a course ready, but what uh, what I would recommend for somebody that that does is yes, you could. Again, this also depends on what price your course is at. If this is something that's, let's say, below $1,000 and it's an evergreen course, then you know a natural funnel that you can think about this for, for this course is you attract them to a blog post and the blog post attracts somebody 
to a quiz, and then the quiz sends them to, let's say, a, a webinar that you can send them automatically or through email. From that webinar, you give them all, you know, a lot of ideas, teach them a lot of concepts, get them warmed up to what, what you have to offer. And then on the webinar itself or through email, you can then follow up with, um, with the offer. And so the offer can be an expiring offer, which usually works very well. So something that expires in the next 24 hours or 48 hours or 72 hours um, is usually incentive enough to get somebody to, to convert. Again, if you've done a good job in the previous steps and your offer is compelling and can, can give that user transformation, that simple funnel that I explained to you has been used to great effect by a bunch of marketers out there to, to make a lot of money. Okay, awesome. Yeah, that sounds awesome. So um, we have our content, we're attracting people in, we're using organic methods and SEO to rank on Google, use backlinks to move up the Google ladder and, and get people in. Um, we're creating good, well thought out content. And then that content is just providing the next step in the journey to um, maybe a lead magnet or quiz and then your offer at the end. Is there anything that we missed in that process? So I, w I would say that, um, no, you didn't, you didn't miss anything, but there is, you know, what, what we do now with our, with our course launches is we have a little bit of a more sophisticated flow. And so the way we, we break down our, our current flow right now is we have, again, essentially three phases. We have this attract, we have an excite, and then we have this profit phase. And so in the attract phase, we combine not only SEO, so blog posts, but we also use YouTube and we use amplifiers. And so the amplifiers are those people, those owners of blogs that I mentioned in the first uh, previously. But those can also come from people that, let's say, own a YouTube channel or like you, Jeremy, that own a podcast, right? And so uh, doing some work with some amplifiers is super important and having a strategy there is effective. The next step in terms of Excite, that's when you can offer, a, let's say, a mini course, which we can get to into later because that really builds excitement for what you have to offer. And then the last phase is this uh, profit phase. And, th and this phase is where you, you, know, you develop offers. This is where you have your, your landing pages and, and your upsells and, and things like that. So in, in terms of the course launch, I would break it down in that way. Okay, very good. Yeah, let's talk about the uh, free course strategy real quick because I know that you, I always get people on both sides of the fence. Some people who love free courses and say they're great for uh, attracting leads. Other people who don't like free courses because they say uh, people who get a free course won't buy your main product because they just want free things. So what what's your opinion on using a, a free course as a lead magnet and how do you set that up and what does that look like? So the idea here for the free mini course is to do it live. That's the biggest nuance that I would say is to do it live and to do it over a few days. And the reason why this is effective, actually, let me just give you a number first. Well, through Rad Reads, they organized a, a mini course before launching. And that mini course converted 4.6% of people that participated in the mini course into a $1,000 offer, right? So 4.6%. 4, and that number right there is already very encouraging. So if it's simply we just increase the number of people in the mini course, we're going to make more sales Everything else, if everything else stayed the same. The way you do this is you have to put in a little bit of work. So oftentimes people, you know, we dream of uh, full automation or you know, just 
sitting at home and making money with in your sleep and things like that. And yes, there are you know money will come in, uh, and you'll you'll leverage your time and things like that. But in terms of this mini course idea for, for what we did, we did it over five days and we did it live um, to 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 his audience. And so that was super effective and and a, and a strategy that I would recommend to anybody. The the nuance there is because you're obviously thinking, well, well I don't want to give everything away. What you do is you have to really break this down into to a basic concept, a basic entry-level type of idea that maybe just gives your user an overview or just takes them to through one small transformation. And so I'm working with another client right now who's, who's selling a, a financial product. And the simple um, course that we're designing for her is to simply create a financial plan, right? Simply create a financial plan for, just for this year. And the, on the back end of that, there's going to be a course offer. And so the course is related to, to investing in Bitcoin. So that just gives you an idea of how you might use a mini course to do that. Perfect. Awesome. Well, Marcio, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Uh, it's been uh, just great hearing all these different strategies. And hopefully that gives someone out there some really good ideas on how you can use um, organic methods to kind of uh, just increase your business, get more people to your world, and uh, hopefully make some course sales and help more people. That's because that's why we want to do it, right? Um, where do you see yourself going in the future? So it sounds like you've got um, clients that you're helping out and you're uh, working and consulting and coaching others on how to um, implement these strategies. But in the next couple of years, where would you like to see your business go? What, what are you trying to achieve? Well, that's a good question. So I have this this belief that course creators are some of the most important people out there, and they're going to uh, be even more important as we move forward because of the complexity of work and because of the speed of change. I, I think that um, you know things are changing so quickly in in every market that we need to learn faster and we need help. We just can't do it alone. If we're, we're sitting at home, you know, trying to figure it out, trying to buy courses all the time, or trying to—it's it's just not enough. It's—it's—it's it's, it's just too difficult to do everything on your on your own, and you're going to have to transform multiple times in your career. It's long gone are those days where you'd have one career and you just you know retire. Nowadays, you're going to have to reinvent yourself over and over and over again. And so, I believe course creators are going to have a pivotal role in helping people during those transformations. And so I want to be there to help course creators create institutions, create schools, create movements, create groups that help people transform. That's amazing. Well, I just wish you the most success on your journey and to helping uh, us course creators out. We all appreciate it. And I know that there will probably be a lot of people listening who would love to learn more about you and your services and how you can help them out. So where would be the best place to send people so that they can find out more about you and what you have to offer? The best place to go is nerddigital.com. Uh, just visit that website and we have some resources to get you started. Again, we have the, the course launch quiz that you can take today to give you an idea of how ready you are to launch your course today. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Marcio, for coming on the show today. And I just look forward to talking to you in the future. Awesome. Thank you, Jeremy. Thank you so much for joining us today, Marcio. You can find out more about him and his business by visiting nerddigital.com. Or you can get the show notes of this episode along with links and resources 
by visiting onlinecourseigniter.com forward slash 29. I hope everyone has a wonderful week. Thank you for tuning in to the Online Course Igniter podcast. Make sure you subscribe wherever you're listening so that you don't miss an episode. If you would like to learn more marketing strategies and how to sell your online course, then also check out our free community where we share tips, tricks, and tutorials at onlinecourseigniter.com forward slash community.